Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. DGS, tons of stuff coming up for you. Tomorrow is when we start Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're new to the show, Halloween has been uh, large in our sky since the beginning. And back in 2000, I started in 2000, so Halloween 2001, we did our first Halloween show, The Limp Mansion. It was all a complete ripoff of uh, The Ghost of Mr. Chicken from my childhood, and it went really well. And since then, we've we've done a Halloween show every year, typically going to some kind of a haunted house. Uh, have, we list- have we put up any more of those podcasts yet? Uh, I was going to put up Father Halloran tomorrow. Awesome. So The Sally House is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mineral, Mineral Springs. Springs is up, mm-hmm. and then I was privileged to be the very last person to interview uh, Father Holleran, who was a young seminarian when the actual exorcism took place in the late 40s over in Bel Nor. And uh, I interviewed him for about an hour, and uh, we'll, we'll put that up so you can hear it. And it's one of it's, I was so new to this, and I remember the emotions, and I was expecting this very vivacious guy who'll be like, and that's when that's when she spit the green the pea soup. And that's when her head spun around, <laughs> and he was giving me nothing. He, and he was, just, I mean, the guy, poor guy, passed away like three days later, so he wasn't full of energy. And at the very end, I almost exasperatedly said, like, well, what did happen? And he goes, well, uh, the bed levitated. And she spoke in dead languages, and and like then he gives me all this stuff. I'm like, oh my god, why didn't you tell me this an hour ago? Uh, but yeah, so you can go listen to one of the actual priests who uh, conducted the exorcism back in like 1948. So that should be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow we start with stories, and uh, that'll be each day at 4:20 or 4:30, depending on. And then on Halloween proper, we'll do an hour, and I, I think they're good. I think they're fun. Yeah. I love I love listening to stories. I just do. Um, 
I should find other podcasts because that's what Sasquatch Chronicles. That's I mean, I love the Bigfoot topic, but I mostly love the format. Mm-hmm. It's just someone telling a story for like an hour in great detail, and I never get bored. Mm-hmm. It's like the host will say, like, okay, uh, my next guest, Andrew, ran into Bigfoot while he was fishing. And and the guy will be like, so I go to this lake called Fish Lake, and I like to use worms. And I'm like, give me more detail. What kind of worms? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like we live in this society where everything's so quick hit. Like, give it to me faster. Give it to me faster. Mm-hmm. I love long and drawn out. Fun. I do. I like it. Race, what do you got for me? I've got a couple of things for you, Dave. I have a couple of rulings here. Ooh, I like mm. rulings. Okay. Ruling number one, I think I have asked this before, but in your opinion, and I would love callers to call in and let me know too, is it okay to park at the pump if you are not getting gas? If you're just running in, you're getting your taquito, you're getting your big sodi, buying a lottery ticket. You don't pull into a parking space. You park at the pump to run into the gas station. 314-436-7900. To me, this behavior is low-key being a bag of crap, and I do it all the time. I know. If, if I, I, I won't do it if it's crowded. But, okay. but if I pull into a QT, which is typically where I like to go because it's the happiest mm. place on earth, <laughs> and if they have, you know, 10 pumps and there are two cars, I'll do that thing. Uh but yeah, I, I definitely will 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 put it there. Yeah, I out will of, purely out of my convenience. I will get very angry if I see somebody else doing it, but I've definitely done it multiple occasions. And when I do it, it's like, well, it's different. Uh, like that's my thing, where I'm like, it's different when I do it. I see. I always thought it never even occurred to me to do something like this. I thought it was like illegal or something to park at the pump if you're not getting gas. Someone would say something to you, or surely the police would show up. But. Uh, <laughs> An old boyfriend of mine worked at a gas station, and he would do it all the time. He's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Just go ahead and do it. I still, I don't do it. I always pull into a parking spot well, You don't want to go to prison. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a pretty clean record You want to go to on-the-run prison. I would like to maintain that if at all possible. So. Yeah. But, okay. So you guys know that it's wrong, but do it anyway. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. the official yeah. ruling. I, I don't do it a lot. I don't do it, like, every time I go. It's just I've I've been guilty of... Such things. Yeah. Hello, Jake. Go right ahead. You're on the air. It's um, it's okay to park at the pump, but it's not okay to call your drink a sodi. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Well, you're fighting with three people who call it a sodi all the time, Jake, so. Yeah, you're in the, uh, you're in the wrong here. Uh, I'm just saying it's not a sodi or soda pop or anything like that. But it is okay to park at the pump and go in and do that. Jake, what's it like to not live with joy in your heart? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, coming from a guy who grew up calling going number two going grunt, Sody's the least of my verbal problems. (laughs) You got to call it Sody. I actually got an email last week from someone thanking me for calling it Sody. She was like, I call it a big fat Sody and I'll never change. (laughs) Yeah, road Sody's. Yeah. Can't say road soda. Mm-mm. I have another ruling if you guys would like to weigh in on my life. Yes. You know Jake's going to call back. Jake's going to call back and ridicule the way I talk. That's be, fine. Be more angry than ever. Uh, okay, so the ruling is, am I rude? I, I think the answer is yes, but I want to double check with you guys. So I have this habit that maybe I should break, but I want to get your opinion on it first. If I am being introduced to someone who I have already met, or if someone is introducing themselves to me who I have already met... I typically go, oh, we've met. And then I I tell them when we've met. 
Yeah. And I think it's a way of being like, hey, I remember you. I, I don't say it in a way where it's like, oh, you don't remember me. I always try to say it as lightly and as uh, as friendly of a way as I possibly can because it is, a, in my mind, a friendly gesture of like, oh, no, I remember you. We mm-hmm. met here. But... I was, I, this happened to me last night and I thought about it later and I'm like, am I being rude by correcting people or by yeah. jumping in and saying something like that? Is it, does it embarrass the other person? What do you think? Mm, I don't think so. I mean that doing what I do for a living, I meet so many people and I'll have, I'll have people do that to me all the time. Like, Hey, you won't remember this, but we met in 2002 and yeah, I, I I never take it as anything weird. Okay. No, I think it's totally. Fine. I asked Andrew, and he said that I was rude and mean. I didn't really? say you, I didn't say you're rude to me. I said I I normally don't do that. I have found that I am not a particularly memorable person. I think it's because a lot of times when we have like guests come in or whatever, they only see me for a few seconds, and mm-hmm. then I bring them in here and they sit down and they spend you know twenty minutes, half an hour with you guys or whatever. Um. So that's it's come up a lot where I meet someone that I've met before and they don't remember me or whatever, and I. I I feel like it's too easily uh, misinterpreted when you say something like, oh, we've actually we've actually met before. I'm worried that it sounds that I I would come across as aggressive. But I say it nice. I go like, oh, we've met. <laughs> the difference actually. between you and Rach. <laughs> and he's like, we've met before. Uh, we, I actually, we've done this once. Uh, so I, 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 t- I we typically. We did this whole thing 13 years ago. <laughs> and you don't remember me. <laughs> Way to go. I typically just let it go by and just let it go like. Great to meet you. You know, yeah. good to glad glad to have you here. Thanks for coming in. That sort yeah. of thing. Rach, you hit a uh, nerve with parking at the pump. Let's talk to Mark on line one. Mark, go right ahead. You're on the air. I think it's kind of rude, and I have two valid reasons. One, I have an injury. I don't like to use the handicap because I can still be mobile. But when you take that clock closer to the building because it's convenient for you, or whatever, you make it harder for me. Fair. Two, when I have a trailer. I always try to make it convenient for other people. And if you're in a spot and another car is in a spot, the tra- vehicle with the trailer can't get in because the gas is only on one side, and he can be blocking a lot of things and waiting for somebody to remove. And if you're just getting something, then you've, you could affect more than just that person in the trailer, but he can be blocking other people also. All fair. Mark, how do you feel about saying Sody? Uh, Sody is fine. I like soda yes. better. But Sody is fine. Good. Thank good you, man. Okay. Yeah. I can take that. This is going to sound worse than I mean it to. I don't think enough about disabled people. Like, mm. uh, I, I, I wouldn't have considered that. And Mark saying like, yeah, you know what? I could park in the handicap, but I would rather not because I can still get around. But it would sure be nice to have a closer yeah. uh, spot. Uh, whereas fully uh, abled lazy Dave takes it because it's going to save me 18 seconds. Mm-hmm. All good. Uh, Robert, on line two. Robert, go right ahead. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Uh, I never park at the pump. That is just so rude and thoughtless. The word sody is perfectly fine. <laughs> but the one thing that really hacks me off, I drive a Ford F-250 with a diesel. Most most stations, they have two diesel pumps on each end, and that's it. Uh-huh. Someone pulls into the diesel, especially work in the morning when you're trying to get to work or you're, you're driving a company work truck, to get gas at the diesel pump when there's open gas pump in the middle. 
but they don't want to because they're all crowded in. And then we're sitting there waiting and waiting, and they go in the store and leave their car sitting there instead of going to the open gas pump. I make you a promise. I will not do it again. Like you, know you, you have shown me the light. Robert, I have a question for you. This is yep. one of my pet peeves. Uh, I play the lottery when it gets up really high, but I just go in and I'm like, give me a quick pick and I leave. Uh, everyone has every right in the world to play their numbers and to have all of their 59 pieces of paper, <laughs> but I hate you. Like mm-hmm. when the lottery people are up there when I'm just trying to get a, 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 a big gulp or something like that, it drives me nuts. Does, does it make you guys crazy at all? Am I just being a jerk? I think I'll go a step further. I think it should be not allowed to uh, I think they should not be allowed to sell lottery tickets during rush hour, especially morning crazy. rush hour. Oh my hour. goodness! Now you're getting nuts. I he think that's wants, a, he wants to legislate everything. I think he wants to make it illegal. To I think buy it's a absurd. Ticket the amount busy. of the amount of times that I've have gone to a gas station in rush hour just trying to get a little thing of cereal and a sodi for breakfast, and I'm stuck. <laughs> the line is super long because somebody is getting a bunch of lottery tickets or a bunch of scratch-offs or Are you whatever. on your way to preschool? <laughs> you know, when you stop in for your morning cereal at Quick Trip, <laughs> like everyone does. Hello. I'm just trying to get pancakes and Kool-Aid. <laughs> I'm, just trying, I'm just trying to get 15 donuts. And and the, the line is held up because somebody's getting lottery tickets. I think that's ridiculous. You don't need to get it right then. I feel a little bit differently in the night rush hours because then usually people are going home, and if it takes you an extra five minutes to get home because somebody's real slow buying lottery tickets. I don't know if everyone's like this, but I get so much – like if you – if I were constantly hooked up to a machine that gave you my level of annoyance or anger – um, I, I it would spike so much more at meaningless things than if someone really screwed me over. <laughs> right. Like I was in line at Schnucks the other day and some lady was she had two cartloads of groceries. Maybe she was Ubering eats and or maybe she just whatever, but she paid for them separately and she paid in cash and she didn't appear to understand what uh, the coins were worth. And so it <laughs> took a really, really long time. And you know how it's like, you know, go to aisle 11. Like no one went to aisle nine for like an hour yeah. because of her. And I, my blood was boiling and I was no more inconvenienced <laughs> than anyone else. But just the fact that she was so stupid, I, I just I do stupid stuff all the time. But when I see it in other people, I just judge them so harshly. But there are things that we've made very like, for easy. example, I say Sodi. <laughs> we've made things very There's easy. There's nothing wrong with that. And don't make Jake make you feel like you're doing something wrong by all saying right. Sodi, okay? Jake is That's like my our day show up. thing. We're not going to let him break that up. Yeah. It's the only thing we have. <laughs> <laughs> Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Greg Umfleet, who is the director of Cutis Funeral Home, uh, from our ruling yesterday about uh, funeral processions, and we're going to pick his brain about other things, because I'm darkly fascinated with the whole process, as I'm sure most people are. We're going to have to turn the 2 o'clock hour into, like, a call-in hour, but as I was saying, my boss's boss's boss is here from out of town, might be listening to the show, and this isn't the show. We never do this. Like, we just don't do this kind of thing, but people won't stop calling about that topic that Rachel brought up uh justin on line one used to work at a gas station hey justin go right ahead yes i used to work at a gas station and let me tell you the first time that powerball went up to a billion dollars we had some lady and this was at six o'clock in the morning okay we had some lady come in pay for six hundred dollars worth of powerball tickets and paid us all in ones oh my, oh my lord <laughs> It was a nightmare. I mean, people, of course, you know, waiting in line, trying to get their stuff so they can get to work. And, yeah, she's like, yeah, I just need $600 worth of Powerball uh, tickets. I'm like, e- excuse me, wait, what, what again? <laughs> just, oh, it was, yeah, it was a nightmare. So, Justin, everyone's different. But when I, as a very young lad, uh, worked at Mr. Donut and you're dealing with the public, that's the first time I was like, oh, public's really stupid. Is it, <laughs> was it tough, like, at the gas station, just, like, you know, person after person? Would, did you have to, like, check your judgment just to get through your job? Yes, yes, um, very much so. I mean, any little thing that went wrong at the pump or whatever, you know, uh, customers would blow up at you and stuff. And it's like, uh, um, you know, if the, re- if the receipts wouldn't print out, well, why aren't they printing out? And it's like, well, let me go check it out. It was a jam in the, you know, in the printer. It, you know, it happens. But, oh, yeah, you had to use your judgment. And, yeah, every one of them was a different story, let me tell you. Yeah, I believe <laughs> it. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Jim online too. Hey, Jim, go ahead. Hey, how are we doing today? Good, man. Yeah, uh, I was working parking when, when one of the Queen of Hearts got up really high. And, I mean, we had them parked everywhere. And some woman comes marching up to me with a handicap placard and starts waving it in my face and said, I'm handicapped. I'm like, okay, congratulations. She said, no, what are you going to do about this? I said, do about what? She said, all the parking spots are taken. And I said, well, lady, I said, all I can tell you is get here earlier. And she said, you need to do something about this. I said, like what? And she said, well, do something. I said, okay. Which one you want me to beat the crap out of? The one wheelchair or the one with the oxygen tank? Yikes. <laughs> An angry handicapped person. Yeah. I lived a lifetime during that story. <laughs> I was hovering over the dump button because something just felt a little off. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen here. Anything's going to happen here. <laughs> 
So Ooh. I guess the ruling is don't do that. Don't park at the pump if you're I, not getting gas. Yeah, and I definitely don't don't, don't I, get on the I diesel pump if you don't need the diesel now, fuel. I, I have a, a follow-up question to it. And okay. I promise you're never going to see me at a QT again uh, parked at a gas pump not getting gas. Promise you that. Learn my lesson. Uh, but I... Almost always do this. People are going to hate me even worse now. Is I start the pump and then I go in and get my sodi. And I know you're not supposed to do that because your car could blow up or something. But I feel I feel okay about that. Now, of course, I was on the wrong side of the other one too. Because otherwise, if I fill it up, then I guess I would have standing to put it back into the pump and go in and transact my business Mm -hmm. because I just filled up my car safely. But then are you supposed to move your car once you're done filling it up? No. Now you're getting into crazy land. No. I've definitely done that one before. Uh, I've, like, moved it after I was done. But only if I knew I was going to be in there getting snacks and, you know, having them make me a sandwich or whatever. But if I'm just getting a soda or whatever. make me a sandwich. (laughs) If I'm just getting a soda or whatever, like, you can run in and grab it. That's fine. I hate to be the goody-goody here, but it actually says at the gas pump not to leave it unattended. Yeah, I know. I've read that. Okay. (laughs) So maybe you should just do what the professionals say and not do that. But also, I... I'm pushing back on the diesel one. I thought maybe it was a joke or something. <laughs> yeah, it was tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. I'm it push- was ironic. <laughs> I'm pushing back on the diesel one because if they don't want us to do that, if that's, like, not right or not polite or whatever, then why are why is there double? Why is there a diesel and an unleaded on the same, on the same uh, pump? I'm sure for if every other pump is taken up. Hmm. But yeah, it's kind of like that's a it's that's very, a strange hill to die on there for you. I think like, it's very the poor similar. guy just needs diesel to go to work. Well, I need my gas to go to work too, sir. Okay, I think it's very similar to being like, well, why do they even let me into the handicap stall if you know? Like, it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, it's like it is, you, it yeah, is you the can same technically thing. use it if it's the only one open, but if there's someone else, if there's a regular stall open, we should, should talk about that, that too. Like, I don't hesitate to use the handicap stall. Mm-mm, is I that wrong? God, am I just a bag? I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's that used. You know what I mean? Like the odds of someone needing it when you go in there for two minutes or whatever is pretty low, I think. Never felt worse about myself. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. And Kmwax 234. I have a very varied show for you today. 
So yesterday, uh, Rach brought up uh, what is the, the, the etiquette for a funeral procession, and I said to Andrew, like, find me a cop or something, and he found me something better. He found me someone who works in the funeral business. Uh, Greg Umfleet is uh, with Cutis, and uh, we're already best friends because we're talking about drums and playing at Mississippi Nights and everything, and so you're not a part of the Cutis family, but you kind of are because you've been there since you were 18 years old. Absolutely. I've been doing, I'm I'm 50, so 32 years I've been doing this stuff. Started out uh, washing the cars, and you work your way up to where I'm at now. So were they just in the neighborhood, and you're like, hey, I need a job? Uh, believe it or not, that my dad, who had a third-grade education, uh, I remember I graduated high school at 17. He sits me down, uh, says, uh, all right, son, uh, what are you going to do? And this was a man born in 1925, so I think he thought at 17 I should have like, had a home and a family. <laughs> had kids, <home>. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I said, I haven't thought that far. And he said, well, I lived through a depression, and I want you to know when times get really tough, People eat a lot of pasta and they die. Go to your room and think about that. So I did. Uh, my first job was actually at Borden Spaghetti in South St. Louis, sweeping you took the floors. Him seriously, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put headphones on. Don't look at anybody. Sixteen dollars an hour. It's a union job. Push this broom. I did that for about two weeks, and I realized I'm going to try the other side of this and uh, <laughs> the dying side. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So. Like you said, when we just met, like you had heard about me and that I was really fascinated by this. Um, When you first got there and obviously you're washing the cars, but you're also seeing how, you know, everything's done. Did it weird you out or did you immediately feel pretty comfortable with it? Felt comfortable. What I've learned, this is one of those you either do it or you don't. So I've, I've been with people that have gone through the year and a half. You know, they're really close to graduating mortuary school. And they actually got a job in a funeral home. And about two days later, they say, this isn't for me. I uh. just wasted that year and a half of my life. So I even tell people, uh, for instance, I walked into, uh, I guess, at the bank a few years ago, two years ago. And the lady says, hey, I see you work at Cutis. And, and I've been wanting to talk to you about this. I'm going to go to a mortuary school. And I said, well, why would you do that? Maybe come work there first part time. It may not be for you. She she ended up full time and and uh, it, it worked out great for her. So. To that point, one of my things is I think that uh, your, your senior year in high school, you, ju- you should take no classes. It should all be internships. And like maybe two or three of them that everyone takes, business, something scientific, something social. And then you get to pick a few. Because had I spent a week in a law firm, I would have never gone to law school. And, you know, it's such a crapshoot. Like, my daughter Phoebe's a freshman at KU. What do you want to be? I think maybe I want to be this. She has no idea what she wants to be. No one knows what they want to be. But I think if everyone did, like, a couple of internships, you'd at least get an idea what you don't want to be. Sure. I, what you mentioned with your daughter being a freshman, um, I my son started UMSL, and I think they said these kids change. Uh, oh, yeah. Like, like average of four times. Four times. Like so, again, if maybe you, you kind of started them early into some sort of career and let them go here or there. Yeah. And, again, it it, it's either for you or it's not, just like being a lawyer. That's either for you or it's not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, 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 uh, it, it was fine. I, I figured out real fast that it was for me. Uh, obviously, I stayed with it uh, ever since then. Yeah. So, yeah. What, are some, uh, what are some things you think might surprise people about the, the funeral business? Oh, well, all right. So what we just kind of talked about, you know, with being these younger kids. Uh, remember during COVID, I, I, you, I'm sure you guys saw this. I'd walk into a business and these guys restaurants, no matter where you went, I can't find anybody. I can't. So one thing that surprises me is uh, how many kids really in their, you know, high school years say, I, I want to be a funeral director. So that's one thing that no one really 
seems to go that direction. So I encourage people that, you know, if you got kids or grandkids and, 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 you know, this is something that's always going to be there. It will always good, be good, solid there. job. And a, yeah. Very solid job. A lot of people so, who don't want to do it. Yeah. So, so, so one is recruiting. I mean, nobody wants to do that. So it's hard to, to get anybody. That's one. Um, I, I, I personally, it's the most rewarding job. I, I, I know people say that about it, but uh, any job, but, but to sit down, you're sitting down with a family at, at the worst time of their life. And uh, you could have four families in that building that night, and they all have one thing in common. And the thing is that that's the worst night yeah. of their life. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, that, that, you know, it, it's a rewarding job. We get to help people. Um, and I, I'll say we don't get many complaints, and I think a lot of that has to do with we've got a lot of exter- experienced people there. Yeah, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Greg from Cutis Funeral Home based on uh, Rage's ruling yesterday about funeral processions, but I, I mean, I consider and, and do this until 5 p.m. Um, so you've been in it since you were 18, you're 50 years old now. Would you say that the business is more similar to the way it was when you were 18 or has it really changed a bunch just as far as like what people want for the the showings how people want to be buried cremation all that stuff i'd say honestly uh these past few years with covid that that's what changed it the most and and a lot of folks were forced to change so what happened there were a lot of people st louis is still very traditional so people and cutis is, is a very traditional funeral home People come to us and they, and they want to keep that tradition alive. But during COVID, there were people who never even thought about cremating. And, and they were kind of almost, you know, not forced to do it, but there weren't many options. You weren't, we weren't allowing more than 10 people in our parlors. That had to be t- terrible for you guys. That was, so, I'm, so where do you stop? I mean, you guys, you know, I'll just say our, us typical Southsiders. I'm, I'm the youngest of six. That was an average to even a small size family. And, and so you get these people that, that have 10, 12 kids, who do you say waits outside? Right. That was so hard. And I mean, we had to abide by the rules. So. Yeah. This is going to, this kind of a, I hope it's not an insensitive question, but uh, did you have a lot more people dying during COVID? And so you had to like, okay, that's game face because we're going to have a lot more business than we usually do because of this pandemic. We had, uh, we did have quite a bit more business and like any other, I mean, you heard other companies do the same thing. We split up into A team, B team. So we separated one another, you know, we set from each other. So instead of maybe having 10 people in the building, we would split from five to five. Um, the nice thing about that was I had four days off every week, so I could go back to that. But <laughs> but we did have more business mm-hmm. with less people there to actually do yeah, the work. Weird. Yeah. Can you stay until three? Absolutely. Let's open the phones. Uh, if you would like to ask Greg, uh, funeral director from Cutis, just you you know, we want to ask him anything. Three one four four three six seventy nine hundred eight hundred ninety five eleven twenty. So let's talk about the the actual question that we had. So what is your understanding of what the rules are, the etiquette is, the courtesies, and the law about funeral processions? So there is a law, and actually when we talked yesterday, the first thing I did, we have a funeral director acute as he's a retired city police officer. He texted me the law. I mean, those processions are protected. You are not supposed to cut in and out of that. Uh, In the time I've been doing this, I've seen a cop actually pulls one person over. Uh-huh. So again, I think that's just wrong place at the wrong pl- time, right place at the right time for the police officer. Yeah. I and mean, they have to be there. 
Um, my personal feeling, and, and when I end a funeral, I mention to folks, we're going to be going in procession. We'll take a little extra time. And I let them know, keep in mind, people don't have the respect as they once did. Um, so if they do wish to cut in, sometimes they have to make a right turn or a left turn. Let them do so. If they, when they see how slow we're going, they're going to cut back out. If they think it's a joy ride, they're going to cut right back yeah. out. Um, I've been stopped by funeral processions. I've started, I'm not going to lie. You know, you start to boil or get a little upset. And then I have to tell myself, what if that was my loved yeah, one? This is and, their day. And at the end of the day, that, that's, that's all you can ask yourself is what is that your loved one? Is it any different when they get out on a highway? Not, not, not in particular. So you're really I'll, I'll not supposed honest. to pass a funeral procession if, if oh, you're on you a highway. Oh, you can pass it. You're just not really supposed to break Don't interrupt in or out it. Of it. Mm. Correct. I, you know where I see the difference is when you get out to the country or when you get to the inner city. It seems like that's where you see more respect to people yeah. pulling over, tipping their hat. Um, I'm not saying doing that, that's doing the right thing, but they're doing what they used to do back in the day everywhere. Yeah, like I said, growing up, uh, you know, South Roxana, it's not country, but... Uh, there, there wasn't much to look at but country from my front lawn, and my dad would uh, whip my butt if you know, like that was just one of those things. You pull over, you you don't just pull over, you pull over and you show respect. Absolutely, and I mean, we all know this too. Everybody, it seems like we're giving ourselves twenty minutes to, that to get somewhere that takes a half an hour. So we're we're in a society where we're running fast anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, I again, I just try to be courteous yeah. when I see it on my own. I tell so two things real quick. We have people calling in to talk to to Greg here from Cutis. Uh, I've only been the guy at the casket for my dad. So that's the only time I was that guy who's meeting and greeting. And every single person that walked through that door, it was like someone punched me in the gut. It meant so much to me. I didn't expect it. I'm even I'm tearing up right now. I didn't expect. And and I've I've not missed a funeral since then because it meant so much to me, you know. Um, and I forgot the other thing; it'll come back to me. Let's go to Keith though. Keith on line one from Collinsville has a question for Greg. Keith, go ahead. Yeah, it's Greg, right? Yes. Yeah. Hey, Greg, how you doing? Uh, nice to hear you, and nice to hear this conversation. And I didn't know if this would be allowed at a at a you know when they bury the body, but I think I saw this in uh, Ireland or something where this guy before he passed he made a recording, and he had some he put it on somebody's phone, and when they lowered the casket into the the, the, the cemetery plot, it went boom boom boom. Hey, let me out of here. I saw that. Boom, boom, boom. Did you see? I did. I saw that on TikTok. Yeah. To what degree do you let do do, do people? You know, uh, I doubt there were many joke funerals in the fifties, but people now like I want to be buried on my Harley and I want this and I want that. Do you guys like? Okay, you're the boss. Whatever you want. You know, I, again, as long as it's not going to be offensive to any of those other families that might be in our place, uh, there, people come in. Or we've had Harley Davidsons. We've had you and I discussed drum sets. We've had drum sets setting up there uh, close to the casket. I have heard recordings, not at the grave space, but I've, I've seen services, uh, and in that service, the deceased, before they passed away, recorded a message to, oh to their family. Lord. And and you talk about tough. I mean, that's right up there with, with one of the toughest, you know. Yeah. Um, but the family, actually, you could tell they appreciated that their loved one did that for them. So Wow. That's really something. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, on line two. Nancy, go right ahead. Yeah, I tried to um, text you yesterday. I was in a procession, about 25 cars. I stopped. I was 
at a big intersection, and a little girl came at me in her car. I turned left so I didn't kill her, you know, because I would hit her head on. She jumps out of the car and yells, I have a green light. Well, I had Mr. Kudis, the fifth, called to tell the insurance company. Hmm. Three other people called to tell the insurance company because the little girl said she figures I didn't have my lights on and you know, and the insurance company ended up charging me 25% of the, uh, of the accident. And that should have had nothing to do with me. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad. It's good that Mr. Cute is called, though. Um, so we have uh, Greg Umfleet here, who is, uh, you're, you're the guy, right? I'm one of the funeral directors. Yeah. Actually, what I do a lot of is, uh, you know how people come in and they prearrange their funeral? Sure. That That's really what I do, and it gives me more free time to do, do, you know, this type of stuff. So when you guys contacted the funeral home yesterday, when you called them, uh, that's why it was passed right to me. So, Good. Yeah. If you guys have a question for Greg, anything at all about just the about death and funerals and things like that, uh, 314-436-7900. Toll free from anywhere, 800-925-1120. Welcome back, guys. DGS talking to Greg Umfleet, who is a funeral director at Cutis, has been since he was 18 years old. He's 50 now. Taking your phone calls, any questions, 314-436-7900. Keith on line one has an interesting one. Hello, Keith. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? This is really interesting to me. Uh, Greg, I want to ask you uh, about pets. I, I think I saw it was a TikTok or something about where somebody had a, a dog at a graveside service and the dog jumped down in the grave and they had to stop the ceremony and took them almost a half an hour to get them out of there or whatever. Uh, it doesn't really seem like a good idea to bring a pet to a, a funeral. Uh, but, uh, you know, what if he starts barking in the funeral home or something? I don't know. But uh, I was just wondering if you ever had to deal with that and are there any rules or anything about that kind of thing. Thanks, Keith. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, one cemetery you don't bring any animals into is Jefferson Barracks. Uh, they have that posted there. Um, I, I, I think they may allow service animals there, but I've, we've had service animals in the uh, building. We've had them. Um, we've had just people bring in their their pets because pets. Sure. They they're they're part of our family, so we've seen it. I haven't seen that TikTok video. Um, I've been nervous at the grave space when you see the grandkids running around the vault and, yeah. and, and you got the, I've never seen anybody or anything go into that. Uh, but I've been, been afraid and I, you know, I would never want that to happen on my watch. So, yeah. Yeah. When you hear these stories, uh, you know, I, I, there's a story now where, uh, they found like 200 bodies at a funeral home and they had obviously sent uh, someone else's ashes. So being in this very sensitive, respectful business, when you hear that, I mean, that must just break your heart and piss you off at the same time. It, it does. And I mean, any profession, it takes one bad apple to right. ruin the whole profession. And um, I just heard that one. Someone actually just brought that up to me the other day where they said they found all these bodies, uh, you know, but that's not the norm. That's far yeah. from the norm. Yeah. Um, is there a norm for grieving? I mean, you've been doing this for so long. Obviously, people grieve in different ways. But when I was a divorce attorney for a few years, I would notice, oh, there are some real similarities here, the way people are getting through this. Do you find the same thing? So I, there's a priest that actually visits us quite a bit um, and uh, does a lot of services with us. And part of his uh, 
uh, services, he mentions that there there is no norm. So he'll mention to people what what I don't want to hear is for for someone to say, boy, it's only been a month. You seem to get over that real yeah. fast. Or he he said on the other end, you don't want to hear anybody say, boy, it's been a year. You need to get over it. And he really preaches that people grieve in in their own manner, their own pace. And and I've heard him say that many times. And it's so true. I, yeah. I I would never tell anybody to get over it, or or it's been so long. Or I, also, I would never say, "Boy, it seems like you got over it." Fat. You don't do that. That's such either. great advice. Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember uh, not crying as much as I thought I would at my dad's funeral. And then once you start thinking about it, then you're thinking about it, and then you're upset because you're thinking about it. Yes. And then uh, I've told this story before, but that night. Uh, we buried him in the funeral uh, in the cemetery that we can see from my house. Where my mom still lives. And we all went to my sister's house afterwards, and it was March 26th when he died, so it was probably around April 1st when we buried him. And it was kind of a chilly night, and I suddenly left my sister's house at dusk. I sprinted about 500 yards to the cemetery because it was my dad's first night there, and he was alone. What a crazy thought. I know that he's dead. I know that everyone else there is dead, but I didn't want him to be alone. That's not a that's not crazy at all. I I think that's normal. And I I, I want to ask you this. I know when when my father died, uh, I seemed to get to, through the process without, you know, a whole lot of crying until like the next day yeah. I, I was alone and I just bawled. When I, and sadly, I lost my mom too. And the day, the minute I found her deceased, I, I cried for two weeks. Um, so I, again, it, that's they, it's my mom and dad. Uh, they, you know, they were together until he passed away, and then obviously she passed away. They're together now. But you go in there like that, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think that's normal, and I think that's a normal thought. Yeah. Yep. Um, do a little plug for Cutis. I know that you know that you need it because you guys are so big in St. Louis, but. I'm, I'm I'm still I mentioned earlier I'm proud I'm not part of the family but Cutis is a family owned and operated funeral a funeral home business since 1910. Wow! I know I know people have gone in there these big wow. corporations and they've tried to buy them. A lot of these funeral homes they're owned by companies out of Canada now Canada, uh, Texas mainly and Kansas. Uh, and I I tell people our prices are on our website. You would be shocked at the difference of price. So uh, it it doesn't hurt. To check prices, um, had a, had a gentleman just called me the other day from Wentzville and asked if I could quote him a price. I did so. His first words: "Do you bury people from Wentzville?" I said, "Sir, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's not like you're calling <laughs> from Texas." So absolutely, we would do that. Um, so that's uh, cute. That's why we're there. All right, thank you. We're going to have you back on a regular basis. This has All been right. really interesting. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 